2: personal responsibility political accountability and corporate culpability we must eliminate poverty i don't care what color the person a child is.
3: pessimists
0: see a glass half empty, but an optimist see a glass half full. Are we locked into regressive mentality by chains unseen? If you try to fail and then succeed, which have you done? Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know? The only questions that really matter are the ones you ask yourself. Welcome to mental dialogue. All I ask is that you think.
1: I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. This morning is our Conversation with Smart People series. We're bringing it back. It's been a little while since we've been able to do that. I have a very special guest on the line with me. I'm glad to be bringing back for our Conversation with Smart People Uh, brother by the name of Donald Atkinson. Thank you, King, uh, for being on with us this morning. As I just mentioned, it's been a while since we've had one of these conversations. But, brother, you are worthy of a conversation with smart people, if you will. Say hello to all the truth seekers out there and, um, you know, give a little bit of your background. But thanks for being with us this morning.
3: Uh, Hi,
4: brother. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm driving right now. I'm headed to a client. Um, I'm a personal fitness trainer. I'm also a martial arts instructor. I have a school in uh, Campo, California, and I also have another school uh, in Spring Valley. I manage both locations. I'm a real estate investor. Um, I've never had a job. Uh, It's what I do. I love investing. I love teaching people how to invest, and that's pretty, pretty much a summation of who I am and what it is that I do.
1: Nah, no, I absolutely love it. So, man, of many, many actions, if you will, I consider you someone of, of action as I've kind of gotten to know you literally through uh, social media, actually, followed you. We've had some dialogue back and forth. Um, before I understand, you are the founder of Economic Development Ministry, and if you will, just, you know, give a little more about that. Again, I know you do several things, but that in particular um, is something that I took a you know, interesting. We'll get into our dialogue from about a month ago um, as the show goes on, and other things, there's some current issues that are out, that are happening. We really want to get your thoughts on them. Um, but even before we get into uh, some of the current issues and our our original back and forth from about a month ago, uh, just yeah, you know, what what made you start something by the name of Economic Development Ministry? What what, is, what exactly does that mean to you? Um, um, what well, you well,
4: a lot of people get that kind of mixed up, and uh, they think it's a a, a spiritual force, which it is to, a, to an extent, but what it is more of, I recognize that there are people out there who are responsible for, and leadership for the spirituality of their flock, um, but I wanted to be responsible for the financial side, so it's a ministry on the financial side. I started it because I, I, I didn't realize that I came from a, a privileged family. You know, my family... I came from a family of millionaires, but I didn't know we were that wealthy until I became a, a, a grown-ass man, almost 30. And I remember asking my father, uh, I, I asked him, I said, are we rich? And he said, well, sir, I don't know what you are. Um, but that was just a joke. But, but what I did learn was how to make money. I made money, and then I lost money. And I lost a lot of money when I was incarcerated, almost $4 million. Now, when I got out, my family members, most of them that had supported me in my growth in my youth, they were dead, older. Things that shifted and changed, so I had to start by myself. I lived in an apartment for the first time in my life at the age of well, at the age of 40, 42. I, I started off, I had no credit. I, I discovered what payday loans were and everything else you can think of. So having to start by myself. With no resources, I realized that some people had lived that way. They never had a head up.
3: They never had
4: the information or the connections that I had. So when I started to make my money back again, I figured that this time I'd reach back and share with other people what it is that I know. So I created what they call, what we call, economic development ministry. Since evolved to economic development mentorship and coaching, but we still refer to it as EDM.
1: Wow. So. You know, for anybody out there listening, um, again, I uh, have on this brother, Donnell Atchison, uh, for our conversation with smart people. And I just want to even make this clear that, in a sense, we're doing this live to the extent that I didn't know this part of this this king's background, if you will, when he breaks down hey, I come from this family of millionaires. I went through my hardships, even towards, you know, in a sense, being incarcerated. And now it's turning that around with the money back and bringing people along the way. So, so, I didn't want to say, you know, just for anybody out there, I didn't know that. That's not why I had this king on. And again, uh, if you are familiar with our brand, we definitely like to, as I always say, and I challenge the community to have people on who think differently. <laughs> And, and this is definitely one of those situations. So it was interesting, just to share this with you, interesting to even find that out because as I, in a sense, followed you and seen some of the things you're doing, it definitely looks like you're out in the community showing people how to invest in things of that nature. And so just in seeing that, had no clue that that had been your background. So I, I assume before we go to our first break, I assume um, incredibly humbling to go from, in a sense, how you started, going through that period and coming, in a sense, getting back, if you will. But in me following you, Donald, if I could say this, uh, you know, not only do I see you helping people with investment things of this nature, but I, I consider you relatively self-sufficient in, 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 in just in watching you in ways that sometimes our whole entire community, when we start dialoguing about the African-American community specifically Um, Often there's dialogue on about, you know, what we should be doing collectively. And as I've I've come to follow you, uh, you seem to be very focused on what that, in a sense, looks like for yourself. And it seems like with your economic development ministry, that's an effort to bring others along with you. You know, if I could, you know, in a sense, highlight that just from watching you. Uh, But if you will, just... Uh, that, that that whole overwhelming experience. Just a, a little more on that before we go to the first break and we'll get into some of the current issues that are happening. Again, I just really just want to sit back and have a conversation with you, if you will, King, but, but that's just amazing. Very few people have seen it on both sides of it. Well, you've seen it started out well, went down, back up. So if you could just give me a little more on that because I think it gives you more insight, now that I know that, than maybe a lot of us who are trying to figure it out from one or other one of these perspectives or the other things.
4: Okay. um, I'll give a little bit more depth into that. So I I was in the Marine Corps for four years. That's it. Um, I was a military police officer. I dealt with special um, type of services that dealt with um, embassies and hostile territories. I protected particular uh, dignitarians and things like that. So I was a military police officer when I was actually arrested for my crime, um, and um, the military didn't arrest me. I, re- I was arrested out in, uh, out in town, uh, sent to county jail, and then the Marine Corps didn't charge me. They didn't remove any ranks or anything like that. Um, what they did is just uh, discharge me and let the state handle me. I did 17 years. I've been to Pelican Bay, New Folsom, Port Ren, Sentinella, Calipat. They sent me out of state, La Palma. I've been to just about every penitentiary you can think of. Um, oh, wow. But I learned a lot in there. Yeah, I learned a lot in there. I learned, uh, I became a little bit more conscious, um, I, a little bit more fine tuned when it came down to violence. But I also learned how to control that and control my emotion. And then I discovered where that anger, where that violence, and even where I got the ideas to do what I did, where they came from. Uh, in all of that, it, it gives me two worlds, or three worlds, or four worlds. I get to see the. I, I got to see the world of what it's like on the side of law enforcement and prejudice from the inside. I got to see what it was like to be black and in the Marine Corps. I got to see what it was like to be black and conscious in the Marine Corps. I got to experience particular things on the street, which allowed me to get insight into how law enforcement acts how criminals act and even be a criminal i got i got to go to the penitentiary and see violence from all sides violence from police officers from cdc officers violence from inmates the thought process who and what a person looks like when they choose to be rehabilitated not because the system does it because it's almost it's virtually impossible but because right. they choose to do it uh, and and even today out in society, I walk in between multiple worlds. I walk in between worlds where where uh, my brothers and sisters believe we're unorganized and we don't have the resources. And then I walk in, in, in between worlds where black fingers have all of the resources, all of the control over their lives, nice. and they see it completely different. Nice. Uh, now, nice. Nah, it makes so much sense on
1: why you have... Yeah, it makes so we're kind of up against the break, so just jumping in here. Um, but that makes so much sense. Why, as I follow you, you seem to have this broad perspective that made me wanted to have, if you will, this conversation with you this morning, brother. We're gonna go against up against this first break, if you will, when we have breaks. I'm gonna play cuts. It's gonna kind of jump us through this conversation again. I'm not, you know, thank you for giving more background, if you will, because again, I think it just gives context on while while people will come to understand how I came to admire you from afar, if you will. Uh, But let's go ahead and get to this first break. When we come back, we'll continue this morning's conversation with smart people. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Our special guest is Donald Atchison. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Sys Media Group is a full service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sys Media. You need web design? Call Big Sys Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sys Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sys Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better, they're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Com. Call them at four zero four four six five four three four
5: eight. Nick Cannon has been terminated, accused of making anti-Semitic comments on his podcast. When we give so much power to the theys, when we talk, and
1: then then the theys then turn into the Illuminati, the Zionists. The Rothschilds, the, the, the Bilderberg, right the Freemasons, right. and and as a community, I feel, and I've done this myself, I want to blame others for the
5: position that I'm currently in. Viacom CBS, which owns Inside Edition, called Cannon's remarks, hateful speech, fired him as the host of the MTV show Wild and Out, saying it condemns bigotry of any kind and we categorically denounce all forms of anti-Semitism. The controversy erupted after the 39-year-old TV personality's bizarre interview with former Public Enemy rapper Richard Griffin. You can't be anti-Semitic when the Semitic when, when we we are the Semitic people. That's our birthright. So if that's truly our birthright. There's no hate involved. The ladies of The View didn't hold back opinions on Cannon's actions.
3: I'm happy that there is actually reaction and outrage to Nick Cannon's blatant anti-Semitism. Look, we've been talking about this on the show for years now, but anti-Semitism is on the rise in this country.
5: Today, in a 1,500-word letter on Facebook, Cannon had this to say. I must apologize to my Jewish brothers and sisters for putting them in such a painful position, which was never my intention. But I know this whole situation has hurt many people. Together, we will make it right. As for his other people, Welcome back
1: to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people, Brother Donald Atchison on on the West Coast, up early with us. As we hear the currents going on in the media right now is What's happening with Nick Kenneth? So, King, I don't know if you've been able to keep abreast um, to what's going on with that. Again, it's just kind of the hot and heavy issue, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. before but before I do, I wanted to share one more thought from a, a Charlemagne the God, that's you know, for me with him, a coach from uh, the Breakfast Club. And he basically gave, had said this while on the Breakfast Club, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts on – or, you know, kind of what you've heard about it or what you know about it. and I can give more context if you haven't been able to keep up with it. But Solomon the God also said that, um, this about Nick Cannon's situation. He said, "Listen, Nick is my guy. I hated had to be him, but that's what you. Um, I'm sorry, but that's what you can do when you have the power. And if there's one thing Jewish people have showed us, is that they have the power." I can't wait until the day black people are able to fire people for saying things about us that we deem racist. We can barely get cops fired for actually killing us. And those are, again, a quote from Charlemagne the God. There's a lot of context there, so you can kind of let me know what you know, what you've kept up with, or just any thoughts you have about what you just heard. But thanks again for being with us this morning. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, this this
4: is uh, one of the subjects that really pissed me off, uh, not because that they have the power to do what they did, but because a lot of us get, get angry um, when we see what happened to Nick Cannon. And, and what makes me angry about us getting angry is that it takes a situation like that for us to get angry, and, but we're not angry enough to really be living a life that transforms our situation and gives us power. That's what pisses me off. Not that they did it, or it's that we get mad as if we're really mad. You know, you're mad when you do something about it. You're not mad just because you you see a brother, you like a brother, and then he gets fired, or you see a brother he gets killed by a police officer, then you get mad. I don't even I don't even get mad at that anymore because this has been going on all my life, all your life, all of our lives. So we're used to that part. But what I can't get over. Is the life that we think we generally live that doesn't empower us? Now, my, my wife is a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I was born a Christian. I came up as a Nazarene. Uh, I'm currently in a Christian college. i was born after my third degree, but I, I don't practice yet. Uh, has a, a different ideology in how she practices it. I came up under Christianity. I became a Nation of Islam minister for several years. I'm no longer. Uh, active in the nation of Islam, but it's impossible for me to not have some of their ideologies and their way of life. So when I listen to what Brother Nick Cannon said and Professor Griff about um, the, 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 the Jews and who the original Jews were, that's not anti-Semitism. Now, some of us get mad and we agree that hey, that's not anti-Semitism, but don't get mad and, and agree. Understand the real history of what that really means. Not just snippets or sound bites Or something you've heard from there, here or there But read and study And understand what that really means So you can see the power in it And you can attach to it for your own self And use it in your life To transform your life I'm not surprised that that in Them brothers We further divide ourselves When we get mad at Nick Cannon for apologizing Look I'm not in his mind I'm not in his circle I'm not in his life But I do understand stratagem of war. I was in the military. I was a strategist in the penitentiary, and I'm a strategist right now. And so when a person apologizes, I don't look at it, even if they're right, I don't look at it one way or the other. It's stratagem of war. This is also it takes me to this right here. When brothers and sisters say we are unorganized, we don't have resources, we don't have this. We don't have that like our enemy. Let me tell you what the Creator has set up and done for us. He's put us in position to where our enemy thinks that we are fully dominated. We don't have any central source of revenue. We don't have, seem to have any central source of control. Therefore, he can't attack us. There is no way he can launch an attack on us because we seem to be disorganized. The Creator has best positioned us to be able to strike from every position at every time, at will without being recognized and without being able to cut off our chain of supply when it comes down to resources, because we don't even know where it's coming from. That's deep. So how in the hell is the it's, enemy going to know where it comes from?
1: Now it's very deep. Uh, it's I love the perspective. I got brother Pianke Pion- Pion- out of St. Louis wanting to get in. I'm going to say this and I'll get this brother in on the call. Um, but uh, what you're talking about now I'm going to tell you where the first place I heard it Which would be no surprise to you um, With your bad background I uh, Again, just appreciate you For going into some of that background But the first place where I immediately went When you just explained to me uh, in a sense where you say, in a sense, we've been put in this position where there, in a sense, isn't a centralized or a head, if you will. The first pers- first place I ever learned that, again, um, you know, I'm not going to say I strategize to the degree that you, that you do, but uh, but I definitely like to move strategically, if you will, was actually from, um, you may be familiar with this brother, but um, uh, Monster Cody, I think he goes to Secure, in his book Monster, he talked about, in a sense, the, at least in his book at the time, which has been years ago, um, and for give more context for anybody out there listening, he's a famous Crips that from years ago spent a lot of time in the penitentiary. But in his book, he mentioned the idea of, in a sense, why you would never be able to, in a sense, kill the gangs, especially the buzz and the Crips, from the standpoint since they do not have a leader, you could never cut the head off. And so that was something that stuck with me, even in how I organized the Minnesota Law Community Club, you know, in the sense that not wanting it to be centralized like that, and then also studying, if you will, the, even the SELC with Martin Luther King, and, and, and seeing, in a sense, once that dynamic leader is taken out or, or whatever, the, the organization simply suffers. So I absolutely understand the perspective, it, you know, just to even share that. Um, but with that said, let's see what um, Brother Fianchi wants to get in on this conversation with us this morning. How you doing, Brother Fianchi? Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Thanks for calling in, King.
2: You know, blog talk, I can't listen to you on it. I guess they're having some problems. But, uh,
1: okay, thank you for letting me know. Yeah, 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 I won't be able to fix it, obviously, during this show. It's not on your program. It's on
2: all of them, seemingly. But okay, that's anyway, a problem
1: with the site. Okay, gotcha.
2: I believe so. But, no, uh, those terms, well, what the man said was actually true to an extent because Semite is something just of a recent creation. His originality meant a Semitic language, Semite language, half one, half the other and that's not the first time we've seen those organizations to come out and attack blacks Uh, Abraham Foxman sent out messages to black preachers not to attend the Million Man March back in 1995 and representing the Anti-Definition League two other things Uh, Jimmy the Greek and Amos was fired for the things that they said about black people remember that uh, yeah, Jiminy Greek said that they would bred. And I must talked about the female basketball players, I think, for Cornell, but I'm not sure which university that it was. Yeah, may,
1: yeah, may have been, I think it may have been Temple, but either way, mm-hmm. may, I may be you wrong. Know, but but anyway, anyway, I remember that. I remember but, uh,
2: what, the gentleman, what the gentleman said, in actuality, is not being racist, or, uh, uh, and now they've created I I this word anti Semite. Yeah, that's what they're running with. They're running with those things. Always have ran with this, and uh, blacks should do the same thing. They got the power to do that if they want to. They got the power to control the police in their community if they wanted to too. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm gonna continue listening to your phone.
1: No, no, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Thanks for telling me about the site. We uh, will definitely, um, you know, have to promote it after the fact, which we always do. Uh, we definitely got some other people on the line with us. But thanks for letting me know that, uh, Brother Pianchi. One thing I'll say to you, let me ask you this. Say this, um, at least the way, the way I understand it, and I definitely want to hear Donald's thoughts on it as well, um, but just even getting into the accuracies of what uh, Nick Cannon said, the way I've come to come to understand it just from watching some other um, broadcasts is that he conflated some things in reference to um, some of what he's talking about is from, a, in a sense, a religious standpoint. And some of it is specific to, as he said, our birthright or racial standpoint. So, from what I understand, there is some confusion and maybe not necessarily correct when, when if you don't conflate the two. And I'm, mean, I'm not saying I'm doing the best job of explaining it, but I, I will also, in a sense, a, another part of the issue was even in the sense of um, him saying, "Hey, that's our birthright. We are the Semites." Again, whether you agree or disagree with it. Uh, One of the issues that was still taken was That in the people That are talking about That 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 What he said about them in addition to the part We just played That became a a problem as well And again that's just for me understanding How someone else sees it And that's why it was seen as Anti-Semitic and I'm not saying I'm explaining It that way You know
2: what another You know what another problem is Montoya people use sources that's not verifiable. Uh, when African Americans, blacks go to say something like that, there's living and live people that can coach them rather than reading things that they see in a book or article or on a website or listening to some other groups out there that's completely off the chart. So those things, points can be – you can get those points across – Accurately, historically, and in content, but you have to get the right sources. And even today, Absolutely. much of that source is still alive and well.
1: No, thank you for your thoughts, um, Donald. Any thoughts on what Brother Pianki has to, you know, has to say? Let me throw this out before you respond, real quick. Um, I would offer that a, a, a lot of what I heard on that. If, again, I don't know how much of you of it you heard, but I would offer um, kind of similar to what Brother Pianki is saying now that some of the information, in my opinion, was not sourced well. And I I am personally of the belief, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, Donald, but I'm personally of the belief, whether you agree or disagree with Nick, I personally feel like he got fired for some things that, for a lot of stuff, that's not actually scientifically backed up or true. Again, that's my personal opinion. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts on it as well, if you will, King.
4: Um. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have the other brother on. I, I, I believe he might be a little older than me, um, and it's always good to have an older person with a different perspective uh, because they come with so much his, uh, historical content in actual real life. He said something to me that also indicates that he might be an educated man, and that is the references. See, when you go to college, that's big when you're writing your papers. They want references, and they and these professors, they, they're all those references. They go and check who and where you got this information from, and is that information solid? And, and there's so much solid information on, on what it is that the brother talked about uh, regarding the Jews and who the actual Jews really are. And when you look at the, the context of how he put it, you can see that he meant no harm and that he was doing it from a humble position and an educated position and a position where he's been filled with a lot of information for a very long time. It's just something that he didn't uh, – what, what, what he experienced, though, the backlash that he experienced, he wasn't prepared for from this sense. Now, I, when I was in the penitentiary and we would, like, do sh- – when I was doing shoot time, brothers would talk a good game. But when things were going on, like, for instance, when we were getting brown sludge through our water and hadn't drank water in three days and were out there on the yard for an hour and decided to not go back in, and the and the police – officers, the city officers decided to remove us from the yard with violence, it meant that we had to respond in violence to, to, to meet the occasion, but also to let them know that we were serious. That meant those officers were going to fire live rounds. Now, once uh, the inmate population realized that, they were, all of a sudden, there were deflated chests. There were deflated. No one had the courage and if they walk around in the penitentiary. Some of them were killers and et cetera. But when it came time to, to face the music, they lost courage. And it's the same thing with, with uh, what happened with the brother. He knew all of this, but he didn't realize the weight and the gravity of it until he spoke the truth, and then the Jews shut him down. So if it, 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 he knew it, but he didn't know how serious it really was. He didn't internalize it. And that is a mixed up in why the, the apology and all things like that. But now the things that he spoke, The reason why it seems like it's a mixture of history and religion and genetics and all this other stuff is because of how the black culture was in the past. You see, the devil divides and the creator multiplies. That's first. And so anything that divides into, like, when you have masons and these Masonic lodges, you have 33 degree lodges and 47 degree lodges and 57 degree lodges. Even in the university that I'm in, where I'm going after my third degree, it's just my third degree. But there's 360 degrees. And the original black culture and the original black family, we operated in full 360 degrees. So, what you would see like today in school, where we learn math and science and a, and a little bit of history and Sociology, it wasn't like that We learned martial arts We learned spirituality We learned mathematics We learned history and engineering It was full and complete So it may look like okay. brothers and sisters When they speak that language are overlapping But in reality they're tapped into Our original way of life To where it's all mixed in there That, that That's also why We have to have the emotional intelligence To be able to have an intelligent conversation with the brother and sister, see where it is we disagree, and minimize those disagreements and maximize the similarity. But that takes a highly developed being because a lot of us get caught up on what it is that we don't like with one another and are incapable of recognizing there's a there's a 360-degree spectrum here. So a no, lot that's of It's said. perfect like, for didn't... me to jump
1: in, too, if you will, King. Uh, we're at the break, but it's perfect, and it's going to segue us. We're going to continue down that train of thought as you hear. Um, when we come out of this commercial, I have another cut that's going to segue us right out of that thought. So perfect timing. Uh, thanks a lot, King. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. but All I ask is that you think. Street,
0: baby, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so war against before, baby say it ain't so, say it ain't so, hurt snow and you don't want me anymore, I saw it coming from miles away, Cause you left too many brick the along
3: Yeah, I tweeted immediately about it. I said, you know, I'm not going to be offended by this because I'm a big believer that we need comedians. I think right now we've got, we've arrived very suddenly into a politically correct environment where comedians get canceled. They are said that now everything they say is too vulgar, too sexist, too racist, too this and that. Um, And the comedians are there to further the conversation and they should be offensive to everybody, every side all the time. And I've seen Dave Chappelle be offensive to conservatives. I've seen him be offensive to liberals. And that space to me um, should, should be sacred. And so I said, you know, I'd love to meet him. I've been a fan of him my whole life. Um, but I will defend convenience to the death of me to say what they want. They mm-hmm. they need to their their ground is becoming less and less sacred, and they're being canceled too often.
5: That wasn't a gotcha. I was genu- I just genuinely. Oh about yeah to ask yeah you. yeah no
3: yeah everyone thought I was going to be upset, but I'm like, do you know my brand? I'm not politically correct, you know. Lord
5: Ingram might be upset, but <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't know. I, I haven't seen her talked to her about it, you know. And I know I know there were some black men who felt like you know this is too vulgar. We can't we, we can't. Be, you know, be talking like that, but this is, this has always been his brand. So if he had switched it up and suddenly became vulgar, then I would be like, this was, you know, just hateful, but he's always, I've seen all this stuff. He's always taken risks. He's always, you know, really gone in and said stuff like that. So I, I personally believe comedians are in a sacred space and they shouldn't be attacked. Hmm. Um, especially like in today when we're, we're in cancel culture all the time, we need more comedians. to just take risks and say stuff. Um, But I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, as a last topic about the LGBT.
1: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people. Donald Atchison is our first-hour guest. look forward to our second-hour guest to highlight. Uh, Karima Muhammad will be on in the second hour. Um, But what you just heard was a cut from one of my sponsors, Square Business Entertainment, um, Taylor Pace. Say It Ain't So, so go check that out on all music streaming platforms. And you just heard a cut from Ken- the Candace Owens show in reference to a dialogue she had with Mark Lamont Hill. It's specifically on Dave Chappelle, if you've seen 846, him kind of calling her out. And uh, I thought it was big of her um, in reference to Mark Lamont Hill pointing out that that has happened. And he had, it was his first chance it happened to be on the show right after that, 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 8, that 846 stand-up. If you've heard it out there, the Davis Chapel eight eight four six, which is um, you know a lot about the you know, in the eight minutes and forty six seconds they were in a sense on George Floyd's neck in Minnesota, so it's kind of why he named it that. Uh, but Mark Lamont Hill just had an opportunity after talking with, with, with talking with Ked to say, "Hey, how did you feel about what Dave had to say about you?" I thought it was a Highly intelligent of her as a in her position because she was definitely attacked. I mean, you know, it was pretty vulgar in reference to the things that he had said about her. And as you hear her say, hey, let me separate, this is his brand, this is what he does, let's hold what these comedians do, sometimes they are our cultural critics, let's hold them in a sacred space in order to, in a sense, push dialogue. And I feel like what you were just talking about, Donald, is specifically referenced to that. I think you I had that experience a month ago um, in going back and forth on Facebook, which what people quite often do. And while we differed, for example, on the COVID-19, uh, I think our connection came in how we handled that dialogue, even with very distinct differences. That's what made me say, hey, I want to have this brother on, because you were able to do the exact same thing you had just said prior to going out of the break, been able to minimize the differences and highlight where we are, 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 are so similar. And so, um, again, I know I said a lot there. I want to give you a chance to um, address any of the Candace on you know Lamont Hill's conversation, if you want to address a little bit of that, and then we'll jump a little bit into how you and I started dialoguing a month ago and how we found some common ground even throughout our difference, which I think highlights exactly what you were saying. But go ahead, King. Thank you again for being on with us this morning.
4: Yeah, I, I can tell how a person, um, it, what type of uh, marital relationship they have, or uh, what they got going on with their spouse, by how they respond to me when we have differences on Facebook. People are pretty aggressive on Facebook, you know, they're, and they're warriors on Facebook as well, you know, um, but I can <laughs> see, uh, I have a lot of insight into their personal relationships when based on how, how they respond to me. I can see how they're going to respond to their mate when they have a difference, because if you're aggressive with a person that you have a difference with and you're disrespectful and you're this and that, that's exactly how you're going to respond to your children and your wife or your husband. And so it, I, I've learned that, look, man, my wife is a Christian. I'm not a Christian. So if, if I can't get along with my wife, um, it's going to definitely show in how I respond to other people. I have to accept her belief system. I have to accept, even if she, we were, both, let's say we were both Muslims or something like that. We're going to have strong differences that can separate us. And how we respond to those differences, it, it, it says a lot. So I can tell what a relationship like is like on, on a personal side with someone based off of how they respond to me and our differences. Now, I don't like Candace Owens. I don't. But the very first time I saw her speak, was, she was talking about Donald Trump and she articulated her position on why she believes in him so much that I had to step back and say, that's okay, that's another dynamic. That's another dimension. That's not the dimension I'm coming from, but she was able to express it clearly. Now, at one time I would have said, okay, you expressed it clearly. I understand. You're my enemy. Now it's a lot more complex than that. It's like Geronimo when you had those Indian warriors who would side with the cavalry and ride with him. And then when the, when the chief was sitting there, this was in the movie, the chief was sitting there looking. You know, at first he was, they were telling him to stop the holy man from doing what he was doing on the, on, the, on the reservation. And the chief looked at the Indian that was sitting next to the officer, and he said he started to address him, and only in their language, he says, and look at you. You sit there. I know your father. I know your brothers. I know your sister. I'm your chief. And the guy couldn't take it, pulls out his weapon, shoots the – um. Um, the officer. This is what the Indian does. Wow. So I never know who's going to be that person. It may be Candace Owens. She's as close to them as you can get. So I don't look at her as my enemy. I look at her as a warrior who has chosen to to fight with those who are strong. I may disagree, but I don't know where her course is going to lead her. I don't know. So I, li- I leave it alone because my true enemy would love for me to eviscerate Candace Owens and put my energy and my Effort into de- destroying someone Who looks like me when he or She or it or that is the Enemy and so I, and I, but I Agree with uh, what the brother Said about her but um, I'm personally not going to say It out there in public because I don't have time To attack brothers and sisters I want to stay focused on my, my true Enemy and, and, and I want to stay Focused on what it is that I personally need To do I'm not the type of brother To say what we need to do because that is a psychological setup. When I say we need to do it and we as a people aren't doing it, what I've done is set up the, uh, the, the, the framework of, well, I've done everything that I could, but because we didn't get together, it didn't happen. I set up not only failure, but I put my success on what we should be doing when in reality it starts off with what I should be doing. And then the I connects to the we in motion. The we will always come to you when you do what you're supposed to do. Whenever I hear a brother say we should be, then I know that that person's not on their game. And if they're on some element of their game, they're not at the top of their game because there's never a time that we should be doing anything because when you really understand this, it only takes a few to make it happen. It always is. A few get you in trouble and a few can get
1: you out of it. Strong King again, love the perspective. Uh, I'm learning as you speak, if you will. Again, again, just again, but let's even delve into a little bit of our disagreement. I don't know if you recall it, so I'll kind of bring it back to you. Uh, I know, for example, again, we're not gonna again, we're just coming having a conversation, uh, but I, you and I. Definitely differ on the COVID nineteen situation, um, as as I kind of mentioned prior to coming into the show, um, highlighting the idea that you know I think you still I think you may still refer to it as the pandemic, uh whereas you know you and I kind of gotten you know got to dialogue and about um, some of the specific science. With the, you know, I'm bringing kind of forward what I had learned and researched about the science. I'm not a scientist. I want to make that claim to fame. Uh, but, you know, just in researching it relatively in depthly, our dialogue kind of started there. You, uh, you're calling it a pandemic. I'm saying, well, the science is saying this, and ultimately we differ. And then we highlight this and jump in. And as you know, in again, in us having a dialogue, and we kept it that I, I I don't know if that's how you feel, but I felt like we kept it a dialogue even in our difference. And then in that difference, you highlight the fact that um, not only did you feel like it was a pandemic that's, in a sense, setting up. So in a sense society for a poss- possible, and, don't, and, don't, and if i put words in your mouth, please correct me, but po- setting up society possibly for a mandated vaccine and you were just expressing your disagreement with the idea of vaccines, which I am a vaccine advocate. Let me put that out there clearly. And so in our difference, you say, hey, but that doesn't stop me from investing in the leading uh, po- possibly vaccine trial um, that's happening, I think it's, uh, you could tell me the name of the company again, uh, but you didn't stop you from investing. You said, hey, I'm not going to sit out here and not benefit even though this is not something I believe. So that's what impressed me most in our dialogue. But, if you you know, just jump in and give us a little of your thoughts on that dialogue one if you recall it or just whatever your thoughts are in me bringing it back up to you.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, first, with the with the uh, coronavirus, I, I, when I post or talk about it, I don't try to convince. I don't want to convince people. Otherwise, I want the diversity. I like brothers who think of it from the perspective that you do. Um, that's that's important. I believe that's very important for balance in this world. Now, I, I don't call it a pandemic. Um, I, I'm not a, a in, in that in in you know with that stream. Okay. Even though I believe it, it was planned. And and the reason why I don't call it a pandemic because that's a too direct of a statement. The, our enemy right. is so com- complicated, and they are so strategically involved, I'm not privy to their specifics. So I don't look at their specifics. I look at their end result. And the end result are that 60% of black businesses have been wiped out because of the coronavirus lockdowns. So now I don't know if the coronavirus is – and I don't believe the coronavirus is deadly. Uh, I do believe we have loss of life because I look at what they say as far as the loss of life, I take that number and I divide it by the population of the planet, and I get point zero 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 four, And that's a very insignificant number statistics-wise. So that's how I'm looking at it. But I, regardless of that, I look at the end result, and I look at that 60% of black businesses have been wiped out and are not coming back. I look at that we have been put on uh, steroids. We have been given stimulus money. And whenever we have been given money by the government watch out because we had that when it came down to the so-called freedom that we were given when it was called uh, re- restoration Or uh, uh, the um, um my goodness the period right after uh, we were emancipated um and, and and in that phase we were given a lot back and boy whenever they give us something they are setting us up for the one-two punch and already the banks have started to put hundreds of billions of dollars aside specifically for the mortgage defaults that are coming up. And, and it's particularly because of the black mortgage defaults that are coming up. And I specialize in taking properties from people who are losing them. And I see the gear up and I'm preparing for it. Now I invested in Moderna, the stock that is responsible for the, uh, creating the vaccine for the uh, coronavirus. I can see the atmosphere. I see people want it and I invested in it. I caught it at twenty dollars and I don't like to invest in with under under ten thousand because it just makes no sense for the investment. It went from twenty to ninety something dollars. I sold my position at seventy five wow. because I wow. I and I know that we are going to take the vaccine. I understand now this is me. I know that we come from a God that created everything that we see and don't see. And I know that we are reflections of that creator. And I know that we have the capacity to create antibodies. And I know that when you inject someone with a vaccine, that you are injecting us with something to create antibodies. So if you can inject me with a vaccine to create antibodies because you're giving me a portion of the disease, then I can be exposed to it and create my own antibodies. I know this because when you look at it, all the pharmaceutical companies have come together and bought out, guess how many you had, uh, let's say you had 100 individuals. I'm right, sorry, we're up, we up against another
1: break. So, what we're going to ah. do is go to that. Sorry about that. You know, jump to the break and you can, you, okay. you can you give those details coming out of the break. You're listening to the Venture Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Hey,
0: where did you get that hat and t shirt? I like that.
1: Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right?
0: Yes. And I love the
6: message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh?
1: That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneur spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out.
6: If you believe money is the root of all
0: evil, you're using it wrong?
1: Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour.
0: I like those. What's their IG?
1: At moneymotivation.co.
0: But do they have any ladies gear?
1: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, And everywhere I be, I don't They me. like money.
7: like There are so many people outside of the the higher structures of society that no one is talking to. That's where Mr. Trump comes in, and uh, more power to him, for that matter. He is is talking and listening. I know that's another absolute heresy. Uh, He is not the cause of these things. He's the result of failures of other and more sophisticated people.
8: Well, and I think I I have a friend who's working very closely with the Democratic Party in in the United States and, and, and has been quite effective at doing so and trying to move the party closer to the middle and away from the radicals. And we've discussed this a lot because, you know, I think one of the reasons that the people who hate the Democrats in the United States truly hate them, right, that there's just vitriol there is because they've proved themselves incapable of generating a candidate who can actually take on Trump. And and I think there's a disappointment even among the enemies of the Democrats that's so profound there that it generates precisely that's this vitriol. It's like the man is 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 characterized by manifold flaws. And and, and I'm not saying this in a partisan way. No, I know. And, and the fact that the system works so poorly that a credible centrist candidate can't be found to to offer himself at least as a viable alternative I mean, my poor friend, who's, who I said is, has been following this and has been deeply involved in the debates, he's just he's just tearing out his hair watching <laughs> the Democrat debates and watching well, it degenerate. Well, he against. should. Well, exactly, he should. It's So it's so sad well, you to got, see that. Uh, you
7: have, you have a, a New Age spiritualist who's going to be president of the United States, and you have them dissolving the idea of nationhood, we will abandon the border. I mean, it, anyway, it is such a weak thing, but the people in the street, the guy who called me about you, that's a class, and it's a vast class. Yes. And it's, it is, that's the great 50% yep. that has been walked over and is turmoil, and all of the identity politics and all of those things that get traffic and commerce in, in conversation in the media, these are irrelevant to them, yep. apart from being insulting. Yes. And after a while, the social pressure builds up, and this game that's going on over here will have to close or something breaks.
8: Yes. Yes. Well, i guess in Trump
1: was an attempt to break it. Brexit you know? was another attempt. Yeah, that's right. Brexit was. Welcome back to the Venture of Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people. I have a wonderful guest on, Brother Donald Patterson. Thank you, King, for being with us. Um, as you were kind of breaking down, again, um, you and I had a different, you know, have a different opinion on this COVID-19, but uh, but thank you again for even, you know, again, respect of the different opinion, which is something that I welcome with that forum. Uh but you were kind of starting to highlight uh, how you saw, even though you're not someone who would, in a sense, sign up for a vaccine, if you will, uh, but how you took advantage of the opportunity because you are an investor for the people that are just tuning in. Uh, that is your ultimate background being the, in a sense, the founder of Economic uh, Developmental Min- Ministry. And so, um, again, just highlighting for those just now tuning in. But, yeah, you can finish that thought, and then I just obviously played a cut in reference to what's happening with the presidential election, uh, if you will, or at least a perspective from a Jordan Peterson, and I'm very interested in just kind of how you would, in a sense, give your thoughts to that cut as well. But go ahead and finish what you were saying prior to the break.
4: I'll try to make that part quick with the uh, coronavirus. I I don't um, like to go back and forth with uh, trying to prove something to someone. I just look at the end results. The end result, 60% of black businesses are not coming back. Uh, End result is that pharmaceutical companies have come together and bought out 30% of the uh, individual doctor practices throughout the United States and it's put them into their conglomerate so that they have more control over how they make money with the vaccine Walgreens, all of them, are now building onto their uh, their services. So we already know they are the ma- major major distributor of uh, legitimate medications. But now what they're doing is they're putting private practices on each of their Walgreens, so a clinic, so you can go into there, get uh, uh, medication prescribed, and then go right next door. Uh, and get your actual uh, medication field. So they're, they're making uh, a tremendous amount of effort to be able to capitalize on this on what's taking place. Either this is a concerted effort or it's not a concerted effort. But there's been a power shift with the coronavirus that has not been seen in the, uh, in the history of the entire world, a complete economic power shift. Now, I'll go from that to um, what they're talking about, about Trump. I, I, I can't stand Trump but I'm starting to understand what he is more and more. Now, I don't think he has love for people of color. Um, He's not as vitriol as other people. He's crass. He has very little uh, um, coos, and and he he can piss you off. Don't believe that he's a globalist, which means that I don't believe he's about uh, this one-world concept. He's too egotistic for that. He's about himself, his family, and the nation. And if somebody happens to be black in the nation and they benefit, that's not his purpose. But hell, he can't stop that from happening. He prefers his people to definitely advance. And so, looking at that, and looking at and connecting it to how the coronavirus is working, and why I see elements of power shifting politically back and forth, and especially money, because that's what I'm watching and investing in. I see that he uh, look at look. He wanted to bring manufacturing companies. Back to the United States and punish those who are Doing it outside of the United States He wanted to put tariffs on Countries that have been digging into the pockets of the United States this tells me that He is not a one world order type He, don't, he can't even work with people Like that he just doesn't have he wants to be the, That guy and so he definitely Wants his nation to be that guy And so when you look at this Democrat Republican thing who can Go against Trump and etc I, I, I didn't vote for Trump but I do Believe that right now he's the best candidate for this, to keep us as a nation from falling up under global command and control and influence. It's inevitable because even in the Bible and Quran, it speaks about a one world order. So it's inevitable, but his presidency represents at least it not happening on his watch. It's going to happen. It's inevitable, and we should be prepared for it on so many levels but that's what I think about Trump and his presidency. Am I going to vote for him? I can't stomach to vote for him because I know he's against me. What I'm not going to do, though, is vote for Biden just because he opposes Trump. It makes no sense. In reality, Biden is more likely to represent the global thinking than Trump is. But it doesn't matter which one we vote for because all the power, regardless of who we vote for, rests in the hands of the people. And so – I advocate voting because it allows us to be able to attack on even a political level. But I also advocate those who do other things in the community like spirituality, open up private schools, which is what my karate school is getting ready to do for those who are not afraid of the coronavirus and want to keep their kids interacting with other kids because we have not had one child die under the age of 18 in California from the coronavirus. in the hottest areas, like New York and even New Jersey, the hot area of the epicenter in New Jersey, only seven children have died from the coronavirus. And so I'm opening a private school in conjunction with my martial arts school for people who think like me. But at the same time, I admire and I know we need people who don't think like me because you become automatic, not target to the enemy. I'm the target. I'm heated. I'm hot. I say I don't close my business. I'm, I'm, I'm with all of that. I know I'm a target. But while I'm a target, I know my brothers who don't think like me are not targets. And this is what i discovered, too, about brothers and sisters that have differences, especially about the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Are, an enemy that is obvious stands on one side or the other. The, the enemy is on both sides playing both fields. But my brothers and sisters that do want vaccines and do believe in the, the um the seriousness of the coronavirus automatically take targets off themselves. And I noticed this, those brothers and sisters are black. They believe in the black cause. They just don't believe in what the hell I'm talking about as far as the coronavirus. So if a target Mm -hmm. can come off my brothers and sisters and come on me, that's great because that means you can yield somewhere that I could never be right next door to the enemy. Now I can, hey, now, I do
1: all the time. Let me get one quick thought. We only got you. I'm gonna let you finish out because you're killing it right now, King. I I love the thoughts. I just want to at least highlight how much I love what you're saying. It it, it reminded me of, of me growing up, uh, a huge Malcolm X guy. I, I, that's my hero, if you will. Uh, but it was you know in in their latter years between Malcolm X and Martin, we now understand in more context reading their their later reading, you know, their later writings. Um, how much in a sense became end up being more similar than you know. than not. Uh, But Malcolm, even in leaving the NOI Uh, would even send letters to a a bull O'Connor, if you will, saying, hey, if you don't deal with King, you will have to deal with me. And so he understood his role, even though he was having his differences with the NOI specific, you know, individually. Again, that's neither here or there about what's right or wrong about it, but it was just the idea that he understood that. And that's what I hear you saying in reference, how being able to appreciate even the differences that you and I have Uh, go ahead, King again, you're killing it. Thank you for, uh, let me go ahead and say thank you at this point, because, again, we only got a, a got you for um, a couple of more minutes here. So, in closing, say your closing thoughts, but make sure if there's any public information is where, you know, where, is it, where is it, if it comes to the school, getting that info out, or anything that you want to get out to the public, make sure you do that. you got about two minutes before we hit the top of the hour. But you have been amazing, King. Thank you for coming on this morning. Go ahead, brother.
4: no. I want to thank you for having me on. I never like to publicize my school or what it is that I do because I I personally am self I don't need to market market myself. Um, If I do, it's for other strategic reasons, and and it has nothing to do with money because it's just a tool. Um, I want to uh, share this with brothers and sisters. Have differences, but work together. Do your thing. Do what you have to do. Even if the other person pisses you off, With their thought process, at the end of the day, a lot of brothers, it takes a very special being that, to be black and hate black. So, you know, that that really does. Even if they talk like a Negro or a Negro or an house nigger or whatever you want to call it, they probably are not. This thing is way more complicated and complex than we can imagine. Have respect for what it is that they believe and how they function and know this. You never know if they're going to be the one close enough to the enemy to be able to strike. Just have respect for one another, and most importantly, do your part. Do what you have to do, and don't place it upon what we have to do. The we is in the you. There's power there. Get with your wife. Respect your wife. Respect your husband. Build your children. Love the hell out of your kids, because that's where the war really is. Make sure that your children and your babies can shoot straight. Know how to take, out, uh, uh, take apart a weapon. Make sure that you understand farming. And even if you can, own and buy some real estate, no matter what, don't wait to get your shit together. Do it right here, right now. Seek out leadership, those who are succeeding, not those who talk about it, to be your real mentors. My mentor has to, be, uh, has to have two, two times the amount of revenue that I generate. And I'll straight up ask him. Do you generate a such and such amount of money? Right now I'm on the low end. I'm only generating around $400,000 a year. That, I've generated way more than that. I'm on the low end right now. But it doesn't matter what you generate. Don't even get financial advice from someone who's not making at least two fifty, because two fifty puts them in the 5% range of a population. That means they have some type of understanding. And also, not only two fifty, but they have to be solely independent, which means they're not making it on a job. They have to be making it as an entrepreneur because they have a different understanding of what's really going on economically out there. That's my thing. I love my people. I I generally love all people. I don't need to say black power because I got a black wife. I got black sons and daughters. That's my black power right there. I, yeah, I don't need I to love talk it, about king. It like you've that.
1: been excellent. We're at the top of the hour, King. Thank, uh, you. thank you for the Thanks, time. Brother. If you're willing, we'll do it again in the future, brother. Again, I love people who think different, and I was just letting you run with it. Introducing again a, a, a king that I've come to admire just for following you on Facebook. Thank it you. was nice chopping it up with you for the first time, King. Thank you so much for being on the show. All uh, right, brother. we'll get the next thank hour you. started with our next guest, Kareemah Muhammad, uh, for this morning's Conversations with Smart People series. I definitely appreciate. Uh, all that king for coming on we'll be right back you're listening to the better dialogue talk show where all i ask is that you think enjoy this cut from taylor pace say it ain't so Street, baby say it ain't so say it ain't so
0: killing everything you swore against before baby say it ain't so say it ain't so, so. hurts no and just don't want Miles away. You left too many brick crumbs along the way. I don't think I didn't hope. I don't think I didn't pray. Six to take if it's a game I just won't play. But I'm seeing you must be dumb yeah. well, I hope it was worth right it Hope you had fun Somehow I actually thought you would be the one that Thought I could trust you But I'm so
1: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people we just had on, King Donald Atchison. Just having a wonderful first hour. I am glad to highlight um, the queens coming on for the second hour, Kareemah Muhammad, Thank you, Queen, for being on with us this morning. If you will say hello to all the truth seekers out there, and give people a little bit of your background as we get started on this conversation with smart people. Again, I always like to say I try to bring on people who are a little smarter than myself, and so uh, you know, so you got something to live up to. So you got to prove that you, you know, that you know a little more than I do, if you will, Queen. I'm just messing with you, but thank you for being on with us this morning. How are you doing, Queen? Karima, are you there?
6: Greetings. Can you hear me? Hey.
1: Yes, I hear you, Queen. How you doing? Yeah, you're coming through. Uh, hey, but yeah, I was just saying, brother. if you will, introduce yourself. I don't know if you heard, heard what I was saying, but yeah, we had a little delay, sounds like. Uh, I was just mentioning it. If you will, give a little bit of your background. Glad to have you on this morning's conversation with smart people. Go ahead, Queen.
6: Well, first and foremost, thank you so much, Big Brother, for allowing me the honor of being on your show I definitely don't take it lightly because I, I hear the uh, mental stimulation that takes place on this platform. So I'm a little bit uh, apprehensive, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move forward. Um, as you mentioned, I am Karima Muhammad, and I am uh, presently the executive director for Community Council of Metropolitan Atlanta, which is a nonprofit that serves young Black men. Black Kings between the ages of 18 and 28. Uh, we provide uh, counseling, mentorship. We provide uh, career development, entrepreneurship development, um, as well as personal development and life skills training. Um, so that's a brief intro- introduction, at least of what I'm doing right now.
1: Now, I love it. Um, some of the most important work that can be getting done right now. Um basically once again i I love highlighting people in the community who are actually out there doing the work and that 's what that exactly what that sounds like um you know we 're in a time now where uh, things are heightened in reference to um racial inequities, if you will, everything that's been going on, and these and the millennials have been, you know, kind of showing us the way in, in, to a certain extent. At least that's how I look at it uh, or from a standpoint, uh, whether you agree or disagree with how innocent, how, how they're moving, if you will. Uh, they're definitely saying to us, we're, we're tired of how you've been doing it the old way. We need some more action, and, and they're taking different actions. And, again, I want to highlight um Look, um, Queen, just if you notice just you something in the background, just kind of pointing it out so I can hear it. I know the audience can hear it as well. Hmm.
6: Okay, let me uh, try it this way.
1: Yeah. Is this, this better? Is yeah, I don't hear it right now, but just kind of pointing it out, if you will. Um, and I'll just throw okay. this out to you. Sorry about that. Um, if, you, if you end up moving, yeah, no, no problem. If you end up moving to an area where you think there may be background noise, uh, just consider muting. And, and just being, you know, careful to unmute yourself when you come back into the broadcast. So right now it, it is quiet. Whatever uh, whatever you did, it definitely okay. made a difference. Just throwing it out. All right. Okay. Anyway, just kind of, again, loving the fact that you're out there doing the work. Uh, but before we even get into your work, because um, I highlighted this as the week went about with the promotions, that the, that I wanted to definitely get my special guest opinion of, what, in a sense of the, as I always say, the what's going on in the community right now. And, and this week, uh, Cannon, unfortunately, was – uh, that go by biocom because of a conversation he had with Professor Griff from, you know, formerly a public enemy. And so I definitely wanted to get, uh, you know, your thoughts as a queen. We just kind of mentioned it at the last hour guest. Uh, he gave some thoughts on what happened with Nick. So I definitely wanted to get, if you will, a woman's perspective on what, in a sense, took place. Uh, with the Nick Cannon situation, if you're familiar with it. If not, I can kind of give you some details. Um, But if you are, I definitely want to get your three cents just to kind of kick us off, and then we'll just keep moving into the actual work that you're doing uh, with these um, young black men. But thank you, Queen, again, for being on and and your thoughts on the Nick Cannon situation. I'm I'm interested.
6: Well, you know, (laughs) I don't think my position is going to be uh, popular potentially with your listeners, but it is what it is. Uh I do not know Reverend McCannon. Um, however, I have an understanding of this enemy who has come after our dear brethren. Um, but my position is not so much what McCannon has done or didn't do, as much as I'm more concerned about what our response has been as a community it's easy, I think, for us to say what we would and would not do when we have not been tested and tried the way this dear brother has been. We don't know what we would do. And I know there are people saying, oh, if the enemy comes against me, I'm going to be rock solid. I'm going to be up. Oh, don't tell the truth. Don't tell the truth regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth haven't been tested. This brother has people that depend on him. You can tell from the interview that, yes, he's done some studying, but he has not become as rooted and confident in what he has uh, learned in his study. It's, it's almost like someone who is almost learning the truth for the first time. You believe what you heard was true and it was good for black people however you didn't understand the depth nor the magnitude of what it is that you've come into and i don't believe our brother really understood it it's unfortunate nah, I love, that I
0: it's, no go ahead.
6: He, it's a, it's unfortunate that he has been attacked the way he has however the funny part to me is that they are proving exactly what it is that they label everybody for being anti-Semitic over this labeling this uh, all out assault on black leadership, black scholarship and it's proving who they have been all along and if we don't see that then we're the ones that need to do that introspection, not him. I think he's probably more disappointed in himself than we could ever be in him. And the longer that he remains in the situation that he is in, because he is a black man, the more that he's not going to like having to constantly bow to their their whims, their demands. I think as a people, we need to continue to let Nick Cannon know that we love him and that we support him. And I don't believe that he's down and out. I think this is just the beginning. Um, but as I said in the beginning of um, what I'm sharing, we don't know how we would respond under that pressure. All of us have pain points. All of us have things that, if hit a certain way, will make us weak. But that does not mean that that is the totality, the sum total of who we are as a people. It may be a momentary uh, decision that is made in weakness, Mm -hmm. but that brother could turn around tomorrow and be one of the strongest champions of truth at his age. So I don't believe in writing people off like that. I think that is not uh, appropriate, and I don't think that it's healthy for us as a people. I understand our history of dealing with black leadership that has turned their heels on us. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe in this specific instance that that is what we're looking at. And we have to
1: be able yeah, to. Oh, sorry, experiences. Sorry, yeah, no, 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 um, if I could even offer this. Oh, uh, sorry, ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. If I could even offer this, I'm an advocate in 2020 uh, that we we find, if in a sense, because um, I, I, I do agree with you on that part of it the idea of how we see him specifically. Uh, I think I might differ on the information that he was putting out, and I don't want to dialogue about that as much, but just kind of put it out there. But what what I'm absolutely in agreement with you is this idea of being, you know, part of this idea of quickly throwing away brothers and sisters. Our last-hour guest even gave an even broader perspective on why he chooses not to, in a sense, you know, if you will, denigrate someone that he even adamantly disagrees with. And like you said, this situation for Nick Canning is a moment, and I absolutely don't think, and I just say it from a numbers perspective and, and from this standpoint, thirteen percent of the population we are the least that can afford to be finding reasons to throw people off the train. Uh, you know what I mean and, I, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm saying if, mm-hmm. if there's some type of train headed towards uh, liberation, if you will, again, just throwing out that analogy uh, i'm I'm of the belief that even if somebody only ride it for a little while, let them ride it. But the last thing i'm going to do mm-hmm. is get in a position to where I think I am. Capable enough, and I uh, hold to my values to the extent that I have the authority to kick someone else off because, just as you said, the, you know, at the next stop, I may be tested in a manner that now That's turns right. around and gets me kicked off the train. Although I have man uh-huh. love for my own people, I don't, and 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 some people, if you will, you kick them off the train, and and they and they 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 take it to the extent that they now become the very thing that we never wanted them to to be because they're like, hey, my Mm -hmm. own people don't love me. Then some Mm -hmm. of them become the very thing you're calling them in the moment, which is, as you said, is just a moment and does not speak Mm -hmm. to their totality of who they've been. And so I think it is imperative that uh, as a culture, as a community that we get away from, in a sense, throwing people away at a minimum just don't speak on it during that person's moment. Let them find themselves, and as Uh you see, the behavior is necessary. Let them back on board. Let them ride the train anytime they want to. I just think it's a perspective that it is imperative that we learn. We are up against uh, a quick, if you will, queen, so I'm going to go to this break and we'll come back. Um, I I definitely want to also ask, you know, what what would be your – Perspective on how the youth that you're dealing with, uh, you know, even challenging for the event that you have coming, uh, I, I would be, I would love to hear what, you know, brothers ages 18 to 28, would even how they see this scenario, because obviously we're seeing it, uh, you know, with with a the, with the little seasoning. I'm I'm not old. I don't get old, if you will. <laughs> but uh, but with that, no, thought, I definitely are. would, uh, be, <laughs> but I would definitely be interested in, you know, hearing with these youth that you work with um, what their perspectives would be. So I hope that comes out in your event. But we'll get into that when we come out of the commercial. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Big Sys Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sys Media. You need web design? Call Big Sys Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sys Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sys Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better, they're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com com. Call them at four zero four
0: four six five four
1: three four eight. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people. Our second hour guest, Kareem Muhammad. Thank you, Queen, for being on with us. Um, loving your thoughts in reference to the Nick Canning, this Queen. She actually. Uh, has an upcoming event, so you can go ahead and highlight it, you know, very briefly here, and we'll get more into it um, later within the show. But I wanted to highlight it because, again, I hope even this Nick Canning situation, I think it's a learning opportunity uh, for the very group that you're going to be doing this roundtable with. Um, But if you will, go ahead and kind of let the audience know about what you have upcoming and who you focus on. And, and, you know, eventually we'll let the audience know how they can participate as well. But go ahead with that, Queen. Thanks for being with us this morning.
6: Well, thank you. Thank you. Really, I was going to make another point about Nick Cannon. Oh, yeah, please. Go ahead and make
1: the point, and then we can segue into that. Not a problem. Yeah, finish that. Please, go ahead. Because
6: I have been following this. um,
1: Okay. Go ahead, Queen. Absolutely.
6: Um, But one of the things that he uh, tweeted was the fact that, you know, first he felt like he disappointed a people, obviously referring to Mm -hmm. those who, who call themselves Jewish in the community. Um, but then he said, what was most disappointing to him or hurtful was when his own people mm-hmm. uh, turned away from him and I think your your previous caller talked about military science a lot, and mm-hmm. one of the things we have to look at when it comes to our open enemy is that they love to isolate our leadership. And these are the moments that we need to wrap ourselves around them even more. When I look at, and I'm no historian, uh, but when you look at a pattern of behavior of how our leaders have been treated in the past, they were always got to a point that just when the enemy was getting ready to take them out, they isolated them from us by spreading some form of propaganda that caused us to look at our leadership through a different lens and then they destroy them. I don't believe
2: that no, this is a st- time I'm sorry.
6: that we should allow the enemy to separate Nick Cannon from the community. You know, we have to look at his track record over a, a protracted period of time. This brother has been uh, expressing the truth, whether it be About Sister Breonna Taylor, whether it be um, things from, even I remember he was very instrumental. I think it was with Brother Trayvon Martin. um, Yeah, he
1: was. Absolutely.
6: Just, you know, Brother George Floyd. George Floyd. I don't know if you heard the
1: latest one he He, the latest spoken spoken word he did with George Floyd. But uh, definitely has a track record that this moment is minimal compared to his track record in, you know, one um, moving for himself. And how he's improved himself, but still stayed committed to his version of truth or what he's under come to understand it. Uh, he has never been, in a sense, afraid to speak on it from the way he, he you know, again, not. he's understood it. Yeah, and that's and that's something to be respected. And again, even in my opinion, that some of the information is you know I don't think is all correct. Again, that's just my personal choice, but it doesn't make me say this man hasn't stood by what he's believed. And that's typically just to be respected period, in any arena, and so I, absolutely. I I absolutely agree with you to throw him away in a moment of, uh, uh, you know, whether you want to call it a mistake or, you know, however, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, again, it makes weakness. no sense to me. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
6: I say it's a moment of weakness, dear brother, because now that he's moving into, you know, but here's the other thing I want, another point I want to make, too. All of those concerns that he raised previously generally speaking, were safe. They were safe. The moment you start talking about who the real Jews are, what Semitic means, well, now you're disrupting something different. For one segment of the community, you're disrupting a historical claim. For another segment of the community, you're disrupting, A political claim? Now, we have to remember it was just, what, four months ago, five months ago, that President Trump got on television with his uh, staff or his team to redraft the peace plan that gives greater autonomy to the Israeli government over Palestinian territories. And what did they use as their foundation? Their understanding of religion that was support, that was undergirded by their political set. So now all of that unravels when you start asking too many questions about Semitic claims, rights, birthright. So, what Brother Nick Cannon was talking about was beyond anti Semitism that they tried to label him with. It's the unraveling of an entire Zionist platform. Because if we're looking at that, well, then, then we're going to start, well, wait a minute now, then why do they have this land over there? And why are we giving them $100 billion out of the? US budget and why are we allow it see now all these other questions come to light. So yes, they had to apply pressure to our dear brother and they had to apply it very hard. You know why? Because they can't afford for us to ask those kinds of questions.
1: So let me throw this out uh, real quick, Queen, and again we'll No, go ahead, go ahead. I wanna no, make I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure I let you finish. No, no, absolutely. No, absolutely. So so it was a, a couple of things I this is what we do on the Men's dialogue platform, so just you know, just be aware of this. So one area where I'll specifically challenge is the, the idea of uh the idea of agreeing, for example, historically what has been done, if you will, I think it was a great example of you saying, Hey, you know, in the past what they've often done with different leaders, they've isolated them in order to, you know, reduce their ineffectiveness. And, and typically right before often getting rid of them or rendering them, you know, longer powerful, if you will. Uh, you know, plenty of examples of that. Uh, I will venture to say in this situation, here's a, a area of, of that, that differs in this scenario, um, the, the the idea of um isolating Nick. I would even I will go as far as to say this was in, in a sense of his own doing, in the sense of it's not a, a propaganda machine like like those leaders of the past. I don't think Nick has been seen as such um, that there was a, a necessarily a concerted attack. And I'm just kind of offering where I see differences in the Nick Cannon situation versus relating it to where I well you know again where I agree with you how our leaders in a sense have in the past been isolated. I am real particular about uh, not convoluting what we're seeing now to those situations because I think the differences in my opinion, they matter from this from this standpoint. I, I am of the belief as this world is getting more global, uh, the idea of even the idea of quote unquote an enemy, if you will. I just begin to share my thoughts about this. I, I think it actually gives more power than, than is actually there. Uh, from this this concept that that's what's happening in this situation. I I do agree that, and let me tell you what I do agree with. What I do agree with, and and this is just the long history of, if you will, the Jewish community having a a lot of powerful people in the media, whether it's movie making in Hollywood. Um, So these things are, in fact, true. Uh, I would offer they are consistent, just to throw this out, in anyone, regardless of whether it's, you know, a Nick Canning again, not in my opinion, not being targeted, if you will. He just kind of walked into it. But if anyone, in a sense, goes against uh, uh, what they believe to be um, harmful to their community, they'll take anyone out. And, and so I don't look at it as a targeted effort to isolate Nick Cannon. It's just he stepped into it, and this is just a process they would put, in my opinion, anyone through. Again, that's just to give a little challenge. To some of what you said, but not all of what you said. Again, what we definitely, definitely agree is, we as our own community, the last thing we need to be doing is letting that brother feel so isolated to send such a tweet. And that's where I know we both feel that brother on most and you know, on foremost. Again, just wanted to give you know some, some a little challenge to some of what I heard you say, but I definitely appreciate the opinion, the thoughts. And that's what we do here. We dialogue it out because of what we agree or disagree with. That's what we do on this platform. So, again, thank you, you know, for that. But if you want to make any other points in reference to that, um, please do. Yes. Um, and as I said prior to the break, uh, I would love to see as a part of the roundtable that, you know, we're going to highlight that I would love to see what how how younger men, 18 to 28, are seeing the Nick Cannon situation or whatever because he's still he's kind of that bridge, if you will, um, at, at his age, and I'm interested in how they're seeing this thing because clearly you and I are talking about, talking about, talking about it from how we're seeing it. But I would be very interested in how those young black males that you're working with daily, how they might see it. But go ahead, Queen.
6: I think um, we underestimate our open enemy. Now that's not to say that we should give them more juice, if you will, than than the creation. Yeah, I think I Absolutely think that translation is actually Absolutely an overestimation. Not. And that is, I am I'm not, yeah, I am not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But what I am saying mm-hmm. is understanding that he's coming out of an industry that is dominated by Jewish thought. Um and and I'm not saying anything that's different from I don't know if you've seen recently the documentary called The Black Godfather. But in the documentary, The Black Black Godfather, um, it's actually talking about uh, Clarence Avant. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And he's one of these black men that has been in the game for a very, very long time, has worked with various um, artists in terms of helping to broker deals and all that kind of stuff. But in the beginning of his documentary, he set the stage to let you know who the big players are, and all of them were Jewish. And it's interesting that they call him the black godfather and not the godfather, and there's a reason why they did it that way. So... I'm not under any illusion that Nick Cannon in the realm of entertainment has a powerful uh, entity that is around him, and we cannot ignore that. And we're seeing them flexing their might because they are definitely linked to other organizations like the ADL, um, like uh, other networks and the whole nine that can negatively impact our dear brother's career. So to not acknowledge that, I think, would be a mistake. That is his reality. That may not be my reality nor yours, but it is his reality. The other thing is his perception of the black community turning our backs on him is also his reality, and that. Feeds it to, or lends itself to the point I was making earlier in terms of this isolation process. The isolation doesn't necessarily have to be real, it just has to be real to that individual that will cause him potentially to make decisions moving forward that are not in his best interest. And that's what I'm referring to. That has been the case for many of our black leaders, brother. And there was a target on Brother Nick Cannon's back, whether we recognize it or not, the moment he started expressing um, ideologies that were different from what those who, the powers that be around him were comfortable with. That's when that target was placed on his back. That's when the target is placed on any of our backs, for anywhere we find ourselves. If you go into work and you work for Coca-Cola and you you come in there and you're talking to your your coworkers and you saying the stuff is just a little bit too black, too strong, too much Black ma- uh, Black Lives Matter, you think a target is not put on your back? We would be foolish not to think so.
1: Well, let me let me let me throw this out if you will, Queen, and uh, if you will, let me throw this out. And again, uh, actually, well, actually, matter of fact, we're up against the break, so let me do this last break and I'll come out of the break. Um and, and say what I needed to say. Oh uh, you yeah, if you will. Listen to the Mr. Dialogue uh, talk show. Uh, I, mean, I ask, you think? I we'll be right back.
9: The money motivation brand currently exists. It's a it's a success in lifestyle clothing brand. Uh, primarily, and it was created uh, because we saw the demand. and It was created in 2017, and we saw the demand for uh, the self-made modern entrepreneur, business leader, high achiever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a gap in a prominent streetwear brand to, um... that really embodied their journey. So I wanted to take that concept and create a clothing brand that could embody that with a mission that's very simple, which was to inspire a life of excellence and freedom. Uh, to promote independent thinking, hard work, taking risks, uh, having a relentless commitment to what you do and a uh, never-giving-up type attitude. Those are all hallmarks of of the brand. And the product line consists of premium T-shirts, outerwear, headwear, accessories, canvas prints, and the like. But there's also a media aspect to this, which dovetails into this podcast actually being created where I really want to help people be successful in business and build businesses and wealth and be able to enjoy it while they're here as well as build it for future generations. But it's about being able to live a life of autonomy, and that's been a big part of my motivation to be uh, in the financial industry and also have a brand that can represent that. So the hope is this can influence people to think differently.
1: Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith a.k.a. Black Socrates. I'm excited if you just heard a cut from Mark Ranger, CEO of the Money Motivation uh, Clothing Line. We actually started a Money Motivation series on the Mental Dialogue platform. have about seven different shows, and it's an opportunity where I get to talk to black billionaires. I promise you these brothers think completely different, and um, hopefully uh, we can take it and advance our community by tuning into those podcasts. So. Find the Mental Dialogue Talk Show on Blog Talk Radio, on Spotify. Uh, specifically, if you have Anchor, Spotify, you can actually even go look up the Money Motivation podcast and hear those. Again, thanks to all of my sponsors that are out there supporting uh, what we do. This second hour, Conversation with Smart People, um, Kareem Muhammad on the line with us as we're just having a, a, a lively conversation, um, talking a lot about the situation with Nick Cannon and some of you want to call her out there. If you want to get in, you have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Uh, from what I understand, our online option, the blog talk, is having some difficulties today. So um, if you want to get in, 404 four, last 3238, please press one and we'll be glad to take your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Um, Karima, prior to the break, I was just mentioning very briefly, uh, I just wanted to, if you will, just add uh, again, we try to consider what we do here on this the platform we do nuance well if you will and so um in reference to um you know some of what you're responding to me saying I, I would like to clarify that even in me mentioning uh that you know, you know, Jewish are very powerful, specifically in the media industry—not the only industry, but in that industry specifically. You know, me pointing out that they would remove anyone who says, you know, anything about them is my acknowledgement of that power. So I just want to be real clear mm-hmm. in, you know, in me saying mm-hmm. I differ. Um, I, I, I definitely, uh, I try not to speak in extremes, and so I want to make sure that you mm-hmm. know, in me saying. You know what I was, uh, you know where where I differ. That I didn't, that you didn't hear me saying um, they're not that powerful, you know if if you will. And even in me saying I consider, from my perspective, that there's an overestimation. um, Even in even in that, I'm just asking that you know definitely clearly understand. I'm just saying, giving some nuance, but not the extreme of uh, you know. For example, when you say. Uh, the target gets put the minute you say that. I, I absolutely agree. It happened, it's, it's happened to me, thing that you're talking about. So it's not that I don't believe that that has happened. I was making the distinction of uh, some of our targeted leader, leaders, such as a Garvey, uh, you know, such as a King, such as a Malcolm, if you will. Uh, that became a concerted effort. To isolate, whereas, yes, it's you know, like you said, it's happened to me. I've lost a a position because of that very thing you're talking about. When you're too much of this or too much of that, the target starts at that point. Mm -hmm. So, so just again, I was Mm -hmm. just distinguishing where I wanted to distinguish in those situations with our leaders, concerted effort was well in advance, uh, you know, well to, to ensure that they got isolated, uh, versus. You know, like as I mentioned, Nick kind of walked into because he's had the podcast for you know for- you know for a while now. It's not the first time he said something controversial, as you said, um, but this particular situation he kind of walked himself into it and it and it starts from this that part I absolutely agree with you with. I just wanted to make sure you understood that I wasn't suggesting that that's not how it happens. I just wanted to distinguish mm-hmm. where Nick's situation was different than one of those prior leaders. That was kind of the nuance that I was trying to bring to the table, but go ahead, Queen.
6: But when we look at the leaders, and I, and this brings me around to um, CCMA's Young Black Men Speak Out. When we look at the making of leaders, that's why I was mentioning earlier, we can't write each other off so quick. Because whether you look at historically our leaders, where they started and where they ended up, or we look at um, those of scripture, where they started, and where they ended up. We don't know where Brother Nick Cannon is in his journey. He may be, uh, he may evolve into a leader like Honorable Marcus Garvey. We don't know who he is. And one of the things that we're looking at is him very early in his development. So even though I, I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of, well, he's not a leader like this person, you know, where there was this concerted effort, but we're only looking at him at a certain point in his journey.
1: Well, let me – I, I, I like to be very clear. I like to be very to clear. Say let me jump in real years, quickly. Sorry to cut you off. Years from now. Stop. Okay. No, 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 Queen, Queen. up I, 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 I want to be very clear in what I'm suggesting. I am more, I was more focused on the concerted effort, not necessarily what type of leader. And I was just, talk, I was distinguishing the concerted effort being in advance. And and moving to isolate a leader, so I was more focused on the nuance of the concerted effort, not the judgment of what type of leader he is at this point. So I'm just trying to be very Mm -hmm. clear in the distinction that I was making, because I wasn't, because I understand what you're saying now. I absolutely understand, absolutely right. Um, And I think he's I think you even, I would even say he's making a difference. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Are you able to hear me now? now. Okay, cool. So I would even offer that. Nick is where is on the path that you're speaking about very well on that path, and so which I think is mm-hmm. what you're what you're offering in that that in him being on that path that the efforts in a sense could be already started. I think where you're going now, I'm just exactly. kind of you know again I was, I'm just trying so I'm just trying to make sure you understand that what I am pushing back gotcha. on is the concerted effort specifically in the suggest that he's not the same as those leaders. It wasn't I wasn't making that point. I just wanted to be very clear. In this dialogue, well, and again. we'll, we'll thank see you when for, everything you know, comes, comes out and watch as
6: to the level of um, concerted effort, like w- how that's defined. As time goes on, we'll get to see who else was a part of this decision-making process that led to. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can hear you very much. Yeah, you're doing. Yeah, so you're coming through clear. Absolutely. Okay.
6: As as time goes on and it begins to reveal itself, we'll we'll start to hear more and more who was a part of that that planning process and what that really looked like Absolutely. once he is freed up to really speak on it, you know? But I'm right. just saying I wouldn't put it past anyone that it were not that kind of uh, planned effort. effort. I respect right? that. Okay? No, I respect so that. So if we can, you know – agree to disagree on on the when and how no no absolutely I absolutely. i just wanted to
1: make sure that, that yeah that that's the part we were talking about like yeah like like if that's where we're going to disagree we're talking about the same thing mm-hmm. right you know that and that's all right. that i wanted to be clear on that that yeah we may differ on that but i just wanted to make sure that that was that you understood that that's the point we were differing on I just that want to be clear making. about that I so got yeah you. so yeah we're definitely we're tracking right now you know what I mean we're definitely tracking so yeah it's not about <laughs> we don't work yeah we're not pushing to agree I just want to make sure we're understanding what we're both discussing if that makes sense.
6: oh no no I, no. I understand to me this is healthy dialogue and I, I really Absolutely. am grateful that you have this platform and that you address issues the way you do because this is healthy this is what we should be doing um, exactly. not only on, on this platform, but we should be doing this in our households. We should be doing this among our friends. So I appreciate it, brother. Please don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just as – No, no, let me take it I that way. No, 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 no. Yeah,
1: I, I'm glad to have you. you no, know, I'm glad to have you for this very reason because cause that's the goal with the community club, you know, just to even share this, um, you know, because we've met in reference to what we're doing with the community club. Just so you know, that's always been the goal. Always, but you know awesome. obviously we're doing it on the platform, but the bigger goal is that the listeners, as well as those in here you know that are able to take advantage of the membership here in Atlanta, is that they are doing this at home, you know because again, social media mm-hmm. drives us to do it the opposite way right we do we do extremes, right. we throw people away well we're we're working very hard to ensure that we learn to do these type of dialogues because we know that they're beneficial and we don't stagnate by having group think. And, again, you know, and and I'm making a huge effort to highlight what you're doing with these young men because as much as I've loved this conversation, um, I want to really point out the fact that you're – Taking it a whole nother level, in my opinion, is because you're focused on, as I said for the promotions of this week, um, you're focused on the demographic that is often talked about, forgotten about, and often chided. Is kind of how I promote it, right. and so I, let's let's definitely delve into that. We got about three minutes before the next break, and the next segment we we'll definitely get deeper into it. But I want to at least Absolutely. highlight the fact that. You know what, we're doing, you're focused on doing it for ages 18 to 28. So, you could at least announce the roundtable right now uh, because, again, you're setting it up uh-huh. as an online event, from what I understand, and anybody could participate. But let's go there, let's talk about that a little bit briefly before we go to the next break.
6: Sure. On And I thank you. Tuesday, July 21st at 7 p.m., uh, Community Council of Metropolitan Atlanta would be hosting a virtual roundtable that's called Young Black Men Speak Out. And as you mentioned a moment ago, there have been, you know, town hall meetings, there have been uh, different uh, programs that have come to life that speak about the, the concerns of young black men, but um, this is a platform where young black men have the opportunity to speak out and say what's on their mind and how they feel and how, what um, solutions they think they would like to utilize um, instead of those who are uh, older or what have you making or dictating what their reality should be. Um, because many of our young black men um, have the solutions with them, but because we don't engage them in conversation, in dialogue, We're never able to really extract that from them and have uh, meaningful and sustainable outcomes that address a lot of the concerns that we are all concerned about. So it's coming from a good place. I think how we've been handling it, we can handle it differently. We can approach this differently. And that is to allow the young black men to lead the conversation versus um, others dictating what young black men should be doing. And so we're inviting all young black men, um, whether you live in Atlanta or not, because it is virtual, it allows us to get anyone, no matter where you are in U.S. or even internationally, if you'd like to call uh, to join us, Um, you can register on our site, our website, which is communitycouncilma.org. Once again, communitycouncilma.org. and you can register to participate. You must register so that we can send you the Zoom link so that we don't have a whole bunch of foolishness out there, Uh, but it is for young black men. So we're asking our sisters if we can just um, not participate, you're not permitted to listen in, because we want to create an environment where young black men feel comfortable to express themselves the way they desire to express themselves and to have Uh, a place that is protected for their vulnerable thoughts and emotions. We don't want um, women to be involved in that process because we want to maintain the integrity of the conversation.
1: And plus, young men, we lose our mind with y'all involved. So let's just keep that true. Oh, I, I already you. know. Look, but, <laughs> we, <being>
0: grateful, <laughs> we actually up against the break, but, queen.
1: Uh not, We up get the break. You. So yeah, I just want to be a little funny before we go to the break. When we come out, I want to get yes, deeper sir. into what you're doing because I think it's a beautiful. Um, it's partly, it's the main reason why I was willing to um, you know, give you access to the platform because those are conversations that are needed. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. <sighs>
6: For details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue, visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404-604-9477. That's 404-604-9477. Mental Dialogue, where all I ask is that you think, that you think, that you think.
1: Welcome back to the Mister Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, I definitely need you to contact me. Um, you as individuals, y'all can make sure that y'all are supporting the platform as well. Um, our listenership is up if you do have a commercial or service. Uh, so it's definitely a good opportunity to jump in and get your service and products out there uh, right now, but you as the individuals, uh, as you heard the first hour guest, Donald Atkinson, talk about the idea that 60% of uh, some black hole businesses are going away. I will tell you this time has not been great uh, for this business as well. Um, well, as We've earned more listenership. Uh, the support uh, you know has been waning, and I'm pretty sure some of that's based on people's individuals um, situations, so it's something that we do understand, but if you are Um, see uh, a a need for Intelligent Radio, as we like to call ourselves, if you want to support that. Uh, We do need that support. You can go to mentaldialogue.com if you're outside of Atlanta. Uh, $5 a month is a a small donation to, in a sense, keep Intelligent Radio on the air. If you're in Atlanta, we do encourage you to get the membership level uh, because we do still do some offline events. Obviously, those have been limited. Um, here recently, uh, but we are about to start online events to highlight that very briefly um, in a couple of weeks. The mental dialogue community connection. So uh, we will start offering things even for our out of Atlanta members, if you will, because we have some people who are seeing the mission, uh, which is to, in a sense, um, create a virtual neighborhood where African-Americans trade products and services and, you know, learn to work together. You know, we can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. That's something that we have been able to build with the community club. Um, but in order for us to stay around, we do need your support. So I am asking that people seriously consider going on to com and signing up for one of our membership levels. Um, and, you know, if you have a business, definitely look into the higher levels. We yeah, offer great discounts on and on advertising and getting your information out via social media and this show. Uh, with that said, our special guest this morning is uh, Sister Mohammed Muhammad. And she was going into her event on the 21st, July 21st. If I understand at 7 o'clock. Uh, you're doing a roundtable, Young Black Men Speak Out. She was kind of giving the details to it. Um, if I can say this to you personally, which I did say prior to you coming on the show, uh, you're absolutely right. It is a... about group but we never hear from them so I I love the fact that that is your focus and we are going to hear from them Uh, yeah you know who better to get the solutions from from some than those who are experiencing the very things that we're often complaining about or chiding or saying, you know, what can be done. Or, or as people always like to say, oh, we got to do better. And I'm not a big fan of that comment because I think it's very lacking of action. And um, I consider this, this, this roundtable, uh, this online event that you're doing, and, and, and definitely an action opportunity. And so I appreciate if you will, what you're you're, you're doing with this. Uh, but if you, I think you might have been saying a little more before the break, so if I'll let you kind of continue giving the details. And I do have a, a thought in reference of how we even reached that demographic. I wanted to kind of explore a, just one thought with you, but I just wanted to make sure you had finished up what you were saying prior to the break um, before I jump into that. Go ahead, Quinn. Well, I, if you
6: um, have Seen our flyer, you notice that it has four facilitators at the bottom, and I don't want mm-hmm. young, our young men to think that, that that means that they're going to be tuning in to hear a, a lecture.
0: The fa- facilitators
6: right. that we have represent um, different um, expertise, if you will. So um, we have, for example, uh, Pastor Derek Rice of Sankofa Church, who is a community activist. Um, and so if there are young men on the line that uh, desire to ask questions of him in terms of, you know, how do you organize? How do you, how do you put these things together? How do, You know, what are the different levels and layers to organizing? Then they have the opportunity to ask that question. But that's, a, that's by their choice, by their will. Um, but there's someone on hand if they decide to, to pull that information from him. Um, we also have a brother, Cedric Ward. Um, who is an entrepreneur and educator, um, so they can, you know, ask of him whatever questions they desire. Um, We also have um, our dear brother, uh, Willie Muhammad, who is a conflict resolution specialist. Um, One of the things that we learned, uh, Brother Montoya, is that during the quarantine, there was an uptick in domestic violence cases.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm.
6: and one of the things that we, we didn't necessarily consider is that, let's say, you know, what is the first thing we tell a young black man when he's at home and there's conflict? Leave and cool off, right? But when mm. you're in quarantine, where are you going?
1: Right.
6: Where are you going?
1: Right. Yeah, there's nowhere open that you we're... can just go congregate and cool off or, you know what I mean, get you, yeah, you're right that that yeah you that know, makes a whole lot of sense go ahead queen
6: and so and so if the brothers want to learn you know or want to ask a couple of questions of brother Willie on some conflict resolution, resolution tools or how to diffuse situations they have somebody there you know they these are the big brothers if they want to ask questions they can but if not they can just talk and just express themselves and have um older black men that are present that can be not only listening ears, but also understand the plight. You know, there's there's nothing more comforting than to have somebody that you can talk to that understands where you're coming from. Um, we also have Brother Evan Tulan, who is um, the uh, who represents CCMA, and he is um, the director over our leadership programming. And so, at some point, you know, we'll share with the young men what services we offer. Um, and, and perhaps offer referrals wherever they may uh, request them. But when it's all said and done, it's about creating the opportunity for dialogue, the, uh, the opportunity for resolution. And, and I just want to share that there is a specific framework, but we're not leading the conversation. So it's not going to be haphazard. There will be order to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when at, but in the beginning and the end of the day, it's the young black men that call in that participate. And I say call in, but really it's log on to the Zoom platform. Right. Um, but Correct. Those who who participate, it is really about what you're bringing to the table and what you would like to dialogue over. But we have facilitators in place to keep the conversation flowing, keep the conversation, right. you know, uh, structured, so that way. There are, you know, solutions that come out of this that that we then can move forward um, in in other ways.
1: No, absolutely. I think I mean, and you have to highlight that because that's the critical difference. That's again, that's what made uh, me my willingness to bring it to the to the table. Because uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge panel guy. I'm not a you know a huge lecture lecture guy in personal feelings. And so to hear that you were making it so that, again, for those out there listening, again, you're definitely, as she said, you're not calling in to hear from these, you know, these great facilitators, but that's literally what they are. They're just really moderators, if you will, uh, more so than anything. It is for you to call in and express your solutions for, in a sense, that demographic. And I mean, uh, Muhammad has set it up perfect and from a standpoint of, like you said, not even uh, allowing, if you will, uh, in the sense, the ladies – Part just so that it can be that honest, outright uh, uh, discussions, and maybe those solutions can ultimately be beneficial to our entire community. So I, I love the fact that you're doing that. Uh, and here's a thought that I wanted to share briefly before we get out. Just kind of get your thoughts on. Please. This. But I have this, I have this idea, and I see it all the time because I do after school programs. I love working with youth. Uh, matter of fact, I was just out with just to highlight this brother real quick. I was just out with uh, Mark Barr Boy, who runs Hey. Um helping empower youth uh we he's hmm. got he's on he's on an initiative to assist you assist the water boys here in Atlanta. you know that they, they' become known as you know young yeah. men that are out selling water on the corners or whatever so we're in the process of, mm-hmm. of if you will building relationships um because unfortunately the city's looking to crack down on it, so we're um mark is looking to try to try to have a solution in place before they crack down in a way that could be very risky um, and even risk more of our boys having, you know, unfortunately more interactions with the police Uh, as right now the police kind of let it be. But if the crackdown happens, that may differ. So um, anyway, just kind of highlighting that uh, briefly to say this. So um, Mark, I think his approach, is a, a beautiful approach is just literally building a relationship. Uh, what I quite often see, and I know this your situation won't be this, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. What I quite often see with some groups that are trying to approach our youth, uh, one of the things that they often lead with, and, again, I just wanted to hear your thoughts since I knew I was going to have you on this morning, is they lead with this idea of, uh, uh, you know, we're addressing our young men, and they love to brag to the public about how, how they them pulling their pants up. And I will tell you just a quick thought because we don't have only a few more minutes before the show is over. But anytime I hear a, a, a group lead with that, I'm like they're not going to reach those youth because they're not in touch with how those youth are thinking. And, and And that's me being 47, being of the hip-hop rebellious age. If you lead with that, I'm not going to listen to you. And I just wanted to hear quick thoughts because I think the format that you're creating doesn't create that environment, it creates the environment where the young men are going to be more willing to speak because it's not going to be us as older people telling them, pull your pants up. That's what I love about your approach with this um, event on the 21st. So I just want to throw it out. We only got about a few minutes, so I'll give you the last few minutes to even, you know, say more glowing things about the event. But I hope those that listen uh, actually consider participating because I think it's it's simply a free event that you need to register for. From what I understand, but please, Queen. um, Thank you for what you're doing. But I just wanted to throw out: I love the approach because I think it's the opposite of what I see out here. Well,
6: (laughs) brother, I I could care less how they come to the platform. To be honest with you, you know, I I don't know how how much older I sound, but I come out of the hip hop generation. Um, I think what is most important for this event and for any event, really, is what they have to say. That's, that's what I'm most interested in. That is what facilitators are most inter- interested in. That is what the organization is most interested in. And I think the proof is in the pudding. This organization, CCMA, has been working with young black youth for 12 years, and we've served, and I use that word for a reason, and have served young black men probably uptick about almost 4,000 men in the metro area. Right. So if we were the type to criticize young men for how they look and, or even the manner in which they say something, then we would not be successful or as successful as we have been throughout these years. And we all still keep in contact even with many of our graduates. Who have gone on into doing um, other things in life and being successful in their own right.
1: So, no, I love it, Queen. We've got, we got about five seconds, us. so I want to make sure okay. for anybody that wants to tune in, you know what I mean? But again, I just wanted to highlight I love the approach. It's not that those things shouldn't be addressed, it's just too many people lead with it. And I just appreciate the, the fact manner in which you do it, but that's not the most
6: important it. thing. Absolutely. It, the most no, important thing is in your mind. That's, that's what we got to deal with. Everything else no. can be changed, but it's the mind exactly. that we are most um, desirous of of engaging. So, how How do they How do they How do they
1: get? How do they do it? Give them the contact information again, please.
6: Register communitycouncilma.org. The event is Tuesday, July 21st at 7 p.m. You register at our website. Um, it is free to register. It is for young black men only, ages 18 to 28. And let's talk. Let's talk about what's happening with Nick Cannon. Let's talk about anything that you want to bring to the table will be discussed. And even though I'm introducing the facilitator, I will not be on the call. It is strictly your conversation. So please join in Love and it. share with us, speak out, let your voice be heard.
1: All I ask is that you think. See y'all next Saturday.